The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and John Breach here filling in for Will Brinson. And as you already know, this is our All 32 series where we catch you up with insiders from every team and give you the need-to-know information heading into the season. Today, we are talking the Atlanta Falcons. It's actually a bummer that Will Brinson isn't here because he's very high on the Falcons this year. But we are going to welcome in a writer for the Falcoholic and also the host of Believe in Falcons, Will McFadden. How's it going, Will? Oh, it's going great, Katie. Uh, really excited to talk some Falcons football with you guys. Enjoying the last little bit of uh, of kind of the dead period before training camp starts next week. But I'm really excited to get back out there, be around everybody, and uh, and see what all the talk is about. And, and let me just say real quick, it is not a bummer that Brent is not here, Katie. Because oh. first of all, I'm here. Second of it all, if, if, Brinson, if Brinson had been here... Will wouldn't have gotten a single word in because Brinson would have spent the entire <laughs> podcast talking about how much yeah. he loves the Falcons and how much he's on the Falcons bandwagon. Uh, and so definitely for the best that Brinson's not here today. That is actually a very good point. Uh, all right, well, so let's just get right into it. Uh, for the first time in what feels like years, a very long time, there is actually some buzz heading into the Falcons, excuse me, training camp. Uh, it feels like maybe we're out of the the rebuilding woods that you guys have been in for the last couple of years and into competitive territory, especially in a pretty favorable division like the NFC South. What is the general feeling in the building right now? I mean, I, I do think, like you said, it, it's kind of coming out of the woods. Uh, part of that was financial. Part of that was just, you know, the the natural ebbs and flows of of life in the NFL. But really, you know, when Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot arrived here before the 2021 season, I think a lot of people did pencil 2023 because of the financial, um, I guess, landfall that they got this offseason and that they were able to spend, in in my opinion, pretty wisely. But yeah, it's been a while for the Falcons. It's been, you know, going on kind of like six years now that they've been uh, absent from the playoffs. And the last two times they were in the playoffs, they made some noise. So it, it kind of felt like 
from at least a fan perspective, okay, like things are building. The good times are are ahead of us, not not behind us. And they have <laughs> proven to be behind uh, a lot of people uh, here in Atlanta. But I, I think from an organizational standpoint, there are question marks. But mm. if those questions get answered, this has the chance uh, to be a team with the most upside of any that I've been around here in Atlanta, maybe since the the 2018 season, which right. I thought was very talented, but then injuries really, really hurt that team just right from the jump. But if things break the right way for Atlanta this year, they can definitely capitalize on, like you said, a really weak division. Uh, well, I love that you use the word some question marks because it feels like yeah. the biggest question mark is Donna drum roll Desmond Ritter. I mean, it feels like the whole entire season hinges on whether this guy is a franchise quarterback or not a franchise quarterback. What have you seen? What do you think? Is he going to be good enough to carry the offense? Yeah, I mean, that that is the big question, right? And I went back and I recently rewatched his his final four games, the four games that he started last season. He did get better in, in every single one of those starts. Still not perfect, right? Still some missed throws, still some missed reads. Um, but the Falcons have said from kind of the jump since they drafted him, they've praised his leadership. They've praised the intangibles, his smarts, his ability to pick up and understand this offense, which is going to be big because it is a complex and complicated um, offense and with a lot of moving pieces. And that's something Marcus Mariota did well last season was kind of the running the show and, and keeping everything moving smoothly. So if Desmond Ritter can do that, I don't know if he's the type of quarterback who is going to, at least in year two, elevate the offense, right? He's got the, he's got the tools required to be a decent quarterback in the NFL, but he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes tools, right? So he's, he's not going to be this type of we're building an offense truly around this singular type of talent. This guy has what I think he needs to do for the Falcons to be successful. And I believe he can do this is he needs to play within and elevate from within the scheme and not elevate it, not elevate the scheme as a whole, but kind of elevate the offense through the scheme because he's executing the scheme the way it's been designed to be executed. Uh, and so if he shows some of those flashes of, of improvement in the deep ball, his accuracy, um, kind of the timing, some of these small things that can be improved, then yeah, again, I think that Desmond Ritter can be good enough to get Atlanta back into the playoffs in 2023. And and if he's not, you know, they they spent a decent uh, amount of money on Taylor Heineke as the backup. So they've got a yeah. contingency plan in place, but obviously they would like plan 1A, Desmond Ritter, to work out this season. Well, let me ask you that real quick. It, it, sorry, it's just, it's really, really early to bring this up and try and start a QB controversy. Do you think Desmond Ritter, I mean, obviously he is going to be the week one starter. Do you think he is the undisputed starter for the entire season? Or do you think they would get to a point week eight, nine, or 10 and be like, all right, this is a lost cause if we want to have any shot at the playoffs? Because we'll say every team in the NFC South is under 500 at that point, so you're not out of it. Do you think they would turn to Taylor Heineke? Do you think he's an insurance policy? Or do you think he is just the true backup who will only play if Ritter gets hurt? I, I think he's an insurance policy in two ways. I think he's an insurance policy in case Desmond Ritter has them, you know, around 500 midway through the season. And let's say he does get nicked up and he's got to miss two or three games and they don't want to absolutely, you know, waste all that momentum they've built. I think Taylor Heineke is a perfect spot starter for that reason. But I do also think that, 
Taylor Heineke is somebody who is well-respected in the locker room who yes. shows kind of this, this spark ability, you know, like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has back in the day where maybe if things are going south, is he the right type of person to throw into the mix to kind of turn things around to get the ship righted in a crucial year? Yeah, I, I think that there is some element to Taylor Heineke like that. Um, so for that reason, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to pull the plug, you know, hastily on Desmond Ritter because I do think that they really want to give him every opportunity. But, you know, I, I don't think they're committed to him for the full season if there is a chance for them to still make the playoffs. If he's truly kind of the one thing holding them back, come come midseason, you know, I don't know if they would be afraid to pull the plug at that point. Just right now, you know, it seems to be full steam ahead with Desmond Ritter. You know, you talk about uh, pulling the plug. I, I don't know if you watch. I'm assuming that you have the uh, quarterback documentary on Netflix and obviously mm -hmm. Marcus Mariota in there and he abruptly leaves, you know, in the middle of the season. I'm just curious to know your thoughts about that. And in watching it, if you got it, it seemed to me like it was just even more abrupt in watching it on quarterback than when it was coming out in the news. But what did you think? Well, I've First off, Katie, I'm only three episodes into that. So you just spoiled oh. like the, oh, the season no. finale, I think, of quarterback. Well, so, I, I, I mean, gosh, now I now I guess I don't oh, have to finish that. No. Sorry. <laughs> um, I obviously having lived through it, you know, I, I yes. can I can kind of speak to that. I'm really curious to see how it all has unfolded um in the quarterback series. But yeah, that was something that was a little bit of a surprise at the time. You know, I my wife and I had our first kid in December and I, I know that Marcus, you know, and his wife had a child, uh, right around then as well. So as kind of a new father, like I could sympathize with him a little bit where it's, Hey, you know, last four games of the season, not a playoff team, you know, I just got benched. Do I really, am I doing the day in and day out grind that a football team, you know, and a football players is required to do? Or do I want to spend that time at home with a newborn and help out my wife and, and all of that? It's really easy to sit here and say, you know, yeah, you signed a contract. You got to be out there and, and be with the team. And that is probably the right answer. But I also did want to give a little leeway to the human side of things as well, because I was going through a very similar um, situation okay. myself. And, and I really liked being home with, with my son. Um, but from a team standpoint, I mean, I think that that's maybe it did a lot to ingratiate players to Desmond Ritter. Because when you kind of, when the, the former captain, you know, is no longer around on the ship, makes it a little bit easier to embrace the new one without being reminded of, of what you had, or there's some disgruntlement in the room or anything like that. I, I think that Desmond Ritter could have benefited from some of the coaching, some of the advice, some of that leadership that, that maybe Marcus could have been around to provide. Um, but he does have former NFL quarterbacks like Dave Ragone and TJ Yates in the room as well. Um, and so... I think if anything, it just more tarnished Marcus Mariota's reputation and legacy yeah. here in Atlanta. And I think beforehand, a lot of people considered him, you know, a pretty good guy, like didn't have too much to, to think about him, but generally positive vibes now, not so much. And it's a shame that that's how his time here in Atlanta, Atlanta ended because of the way that his time in Tennessee with Arthur Smith ended. Yeah. So, you know, that just kind of continues on, but yeah, I can't wait to see, Kind of well, from the, the market yeah. side of things, I how it all it. unfolds. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Katie. Our, I know. Didn't, didn't mean to do that. Okay, we are going to take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, B. John Robinson. Let's discuss that. You're watching Pick 6. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. Well, uh, Atlanta really didn't need to draft a running back this season. You know, you got Cordell Patterson, you got Alajair, um, I always mess up his name, both with a thousand yard um, seasons, but you went and you got B. John Robinson, number eight overall. We haven't seen a running back prospect like this since maybe Saquon Barkley in 2018. And if you think about that in an Arthur Smith offense, who was responsible for Derrick Henry in that 2000 or 2019, 2020 season, how hyped are we for B. John Robinson? What can we expect? I'm personally very excited because of what I think it's going to unlock creatively in what was already one of the most creative offenses uh, in the NFL, and particularly from a run game standpoint, which is is boring, right? It's it's much more fun to see kind of a creative, I think, passing attack than it is a creative run game. But when you watch the ways that Arthur Smith and his offense were able to kind of manufacture leverage blocks for offensive linemen, which like that's not usually when you see kind of like a huge inside out blindside block on a, on a defensive end. And it's a you know 300 pound guy doing it. But that's the situation that he was able to put his offensive linemen in, which really sprung, you know, the running backs and allowed this run game to really, really be effective all throughout the season. There wasn't really kind of a dip at any period. And so you plug somebody like Bijan Robinson into the mix I do wonder how much of this is he going to be a pure running back versus mm. in the player. I know a lot of like Saquon Barkley comps and even Christian McCaffrey comps. And both of those are warranted. I really like to think of him as kind of like a, a running back version of a Debo Debo Samuel. Who's like a wide receiver okay. version of just this kind of like yeah. crazy weapon on offense. Yeah. And I, I think that if, if you've got Tyler Algier as your, still your main running back, your early down running back. Uh, and he led the Falcons, you know, 210 carries last season. You've got Cordero Patterson. I think they're going to probably give him the ball, hand off the ball to him a little bit less. I think they're going to use him in a little bit more of a gadget uh, way than they did last season because he carried the ball 144 times. Bijan Robinson, where are those kind of carries coming from? There were three players, Marcus Mariota, Caleb Huntley, Avery Williams, who combined for 183 carries. That's basically where I think Bijan Robinson fits in there. I would put a lot of those carries on his plate. So you don't have to take too many away from your other uh, two really talented players. But then I think he is going to essentially be at times like your number two or number three receiver. You didn't you didn't see a ton of volume from him in a, the passing game last year at Texas. But that was kind of just because of what they needed him to be in that offense. The times that you did and we saw the highlights, I mean, he is so effective in that aspect. And that is the part where I think you're really going to see the Falcons unlock him this year. So it's going to be just kind of an overall package that they're going to be able to fold into an offense that 
they really do consider p- positionless. I mean, they consider everybody on this offense to be able to do kind of a little bit of everything. And that's going to give, you know, I think Arthur Smith, this massive cheesecake factory type of playbook to work with. And it's <laughs> oh. going to be so much fun. God, yeah. It does seem like Sorry. the Falcons ran. I went to a cheesecake factory two weeks ago and that so menu is absurd. I would keep a great <laughs> analogy. I, by the time you get through the whole entire menu, even if you even make it that far, you're 10 times more hungry than you already were. <laughs> and then you fill up an appetizer. It's just right. insane. Okay. But with Arthur Smith, it feels like he's running one of the most unorthodox offenses we've seen in the NFL. And I think that's a, lot, a big reason why we saw so much success from the Falcons last season. Sure. They went seven and 10, but I mean, they were, there were two or three games there. They probably should have won, you know, week one against the saints, the, the one with the bad roughing call against the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, you give them those two wins, they win the division. And, and so I think it, it felt like they caught a lot of teams off guard and kind of surprised opposing defenses. Cause I think some people might be wondering, like Katie was just asking why draft the John Robinson. And it's because Arthur Smith, it just gives them a, a little, another toy to play with and to throw into this unorthodox offense. But it also feels like maybe he's trying to create an offense, uh, not like Kyle Shanahan, but similar to Kyle Shanahan in the sense where it doesn't necessarily matter who your quarterback is, yeah. where Shanahan has created this plug and play system where anyone can succeed. And as long as you have a competent quarterback, your offense can put up some numbers. So do you think that that's kind of what he's trying to do? And, and by getting these guys in there and, and, and taking pressure off Desmond Ritter, since you don't know, uh, you know, whether how good he can be. Yeah, I, I think that kind of like San Francisco, the run game is the, the quarterback of this offense, right? Like it is the yeah. star of the show and everything else falls off of that. And really what, you know, I, I think because you're seeing across the league, more defenses go to these uh, cover two, cover four defenses to really prevent, you know, basically everybody in the AFC. Uh, but what I think Literally. the Falcons want to do is draw them out of that back into these single high looks that are much easier to attack because the simplicity is an advantage for the defense. And it's why, you know, Seattle and their famous cover three, because they had elite athletes and playmakers. They knew what offenses were going to do to attack them because, you know, the book on cover three is out there and cover one is out there. Because they also knew what teams were going to do, they could kind of bait them into it and then make these big plays. That's what bit the Falcons, I think, at the tail end of the Dan Quinn era, is they didn't have the players to execute on the simplicity of that scheme. So the Falcons are aware that that is, a, they know how to attack those, those schemes, and they're going to draw defenses down into the box with these single high safeties. Then they're going to let loose Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Cordell Patterson and these bigger bodied guys to go win these one-on-one matchups. And so, yeah, I think you're seeing the the framework of how this team wants to win. And you talk about these one score games. Yeah. Adding more of just, just playmaker, one more playmaker on this offense. And I, I again, I think Bijan Robinson, like that is what I would call him is he's just here to be a playmaker. He's here to hit some of these 40 yard touchdowns that they frankly didn't have a lot of last season. They get a couple more of those big explosive plays. And yeah, we're talking about a team that last year, could have been in the playoffs. I mean, bring it back to quarterback at the end of those first three games. I, I was reminded again, they lost that saints game after going into the fourth quarter with a huge lead. You know, they, they shouldn't have won that Rams game in week two, but they did have the ball and they were driving and they could have won if Marcus Mariota doesn't throw that pick in the end zone. And then, you know, kind of the, the third week, a similar story. So 
that that is uh, a case where they're so so close now can they just get over the hump and i kind of feel like if they do like i wouldn't be surprised if we are sitting here talking about the falcons with kind of double digit wins because maybe when they come they start coming in bunches Brenton's nodding somewhere, agreeing. He's yeah. Brenton is very. <laughs> like, excited. I mean, look, we, we look at your win total. It's at eight and a half with that over juice to minus one thirty. And you know, this division feels so wide open. The, the Bucks won last year with a losing record. Okay, and there's been mm-hmm. so much that has changed in this division right now. Atlanta is uh, the second favorite to take the division at plus two forty, uh, followed only by the Saints. Who, yeah, they have Derek Carr, but there's still a lot of question marks with the Saints. Um, how are you feeling about? these odds plus 240 you know to take the division and you know you said double digit wins eight and a half feels like you're leaning towards that over yeah I, I would definitely lean towards the over especially you know if you take a look at the falcon schedule it's it's not not very much so i you yeah. know i think that part of that again has to do with the division the division it feels very tight right exactly like it was last season where you have three teams finish with the exact same seven and ten record and then an eight and nine team wins the division so that right there, like everybody is so close together. So for that reason, yeah, why not the Falcons? I weirdly think that the the Panthers could be their closest yes. competition. I don't mean that yes. as a, a slight to New Orleans because I'm a huge fan of Chris Olave. You know, I, I'm not too much of a Saints hater to to admit that he's <laughs> freaking. You good. don't call them the Eights? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not too much. But yeah, I, Chris Olave is going to be so much fun. Um, but. I just think that the if we're looking at upside and we're looking at if a team could become the best version of itself, which team wins the division? And I truly do believe that the Falcons probably present the the most upside, at least this year, of these teams. Now, if you're telling me, all right, Bryce Young, let's say he becomes truly Bryce Young in the NFL, then yeah, like you could argue that maybe the Panthers have more upside or what have you. But again, like I said in the beginning, if some of these question marks go in the Falcons direction, then yeah, we're, we're looking at a team that, that definitely I think is, is making some noise in the NFC this year. So if somebody gave you $100 right now and said, go bet on one of these four teams to win the NFC South, would it be the Falcons? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, because I think they're <laughs> going to, I think they're going to win the NFC South. Um, and, and so for that reason, I mean, like if, if truly it's just a hundred dollars and I don't care, I'm, probably picking tampa bay at this point just because okay. his odds are, are awesome it's a thousand then it's a thousand yeah all right i'm well if it's thousand i only one bet i only place one bet um only one bet. Bet. i'm going falcons i'm going falcons one yeah. bet for the rest of your life it's crazy because uh, the one thing i will say real quick about the falcons is just that it, it does feel like they have probably the first or second best roster in the division but also yeah. probably the worst quarterback, depending on how you feel about Bryce Young right now, because right. I, I would take Baker Mayfield at this point over Desmond Ritter and obviously Derek Carr. And so there's that conundrum of just, you know, we started the podcast off with, you don't know what you're getting in Desmond Ritter. So, but uh, yeah, man, it, it is the Falcons look good. And yeah, I, I would do the same thing with the thousand dollars. Maybe we should do it. Will. Maybe we should, but yeah. I would say too, that, that there's a chance that, you know, come week four, like Desmond, that, that Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield, feeling that you have is totally reversed, right? And so that's what I think, again, I'm betting on is is Baker Mayfield, we know at this point, Desmond Ritter, we don't. We haven't seen anything like too, too amazing from him yet, but he's only in his second year and, and I think the upside is there. So that, again, is what I would be betting on is I'm betting on not what they are right now, but what they can be come November, come December and what we've seen from a coaching staff that I think is competent enough to get them to be playing their best ball kind of right at that time. So 
yeah, it's it's an upside play for me, but I I think this division is going to be once again pretty pretty muddled. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I do want I, a lot of people are going to be betting on Bijan Robinson uh, coming up in this season. He's he was rated fairly high on Madden, never played in the NFL yet. Some people are up in arms about it. You seem to think that he's going to be more of the, the the Debo Samuel kind of wide back. And looking at his season rushing yards prop, one thousand seventy five and a half. Would you lean under on that because you think he's going to be utilized more as a receiver? Ooh, yeah, that's that's a really good one. And I, I would I wonder if that is what why the line is what it is, right? Because you would yeah. think that for, you know, basically like the favorite, I think right now for offensive rookie of the year as a running yeah, back, probably looking yeah. at like 1200, 1300 in a 17 game season. I would still take the over because I, I think the volume is still going to be there and that he is going to be good enough and injuries happen, right? You know, like the, the Falcons have been very lucky on the injury front. Uh, these last two years, but running back position, you never know. And and a loaded room can quickly become a, a pretty threadbare room uh, very mm-hmm. quickly in this league. So I, I do think that if Bijan Robinson stays healthy, stays throughout the season, that yeah, he's, he's going to be able to top this number on the ground. One more from you, Breach. Uh, you know what? They're not having a kicking competition, Katie. So ah. you know, that, that, that threw me off. I will ask you, Will, since we didn't really talk about the defense, uh, just yeah. real quick, you know, we're looking at adding Jesse Bates, Jeff Akuda. This really feels like a very underrated defense. And I know that that necessarily hasn't been a strength of the Falcons over the past few years, but would you agree that this defense feel could be pretty stacked this year? Because that's what it feels like. You are definitely right in that they have not had a, a great defense the last few years. Um, this year, it definitely does uh, feel as though things are trending in the right direction and pretty quickly they didn't add that star pass rusher right and outside of jesse bates you can quibble how many stars did they kind of add clays campbell certainly a huge household name at this point in his career i don't know if he is is that dominant like we need to do everything we can to stop this guy force but what the falcons did do defensively is that they raised their floor considerably the depth light years better than what it has been in recent years the kind of maybe four through 11 players on the starting defense, I think are, are better. There are some young guys that they're going to need to step up. Uh, somebody like Troy Anderson, Richie Grant. Can he take another step next to uh, Jesse Bates and benefit from that? But you look up and down this defense now, and you do have guys like Bud Dupree and David Onyemata, and the front is so much better. Jeff Okuda, who you mentioned, like he is going to be my X factor, I think, for camp. This, the player that I just cannot wait to get my eyes on because I loved him so much coming out of Ohio state and just how smooth and confident and everything I would want in a corner. I totally got why he went third overall coming off of his best season as a pro. And a lot of that has to do with injuries. Can he build on that? Can he look like 80% of what we saw coming out in the draft? And if he can, then yeah, it's going to be kind of tough to necessarily find a true weakness on this Falcons defense, which if you would have told me that, at the end of last season, like going into this yeah. year, we will be able to say there's just not a real weakness on this defense. I'll take it. You know, I, we may still be another off season or two away from saying that this defense is a strength, but if they're 16th to 13th in, in the league and the Falcons offense is kind of what it has been the last two years, then I think that's a recipe that the Falcons will absolutely take. 
All right. Well, the vibes are high for the Falcons. Will Brinson would be very proud of us because we're throwing $1,000 on the Falcons plus 240 to take the division. Thank you so much to Will McFadden. Stay tuned for more All 32 with Daily Drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. Remember to hit like, comment, and subscribe on this. And if you're listening to audio only, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Will McFadden, great name, by the way. Love the last name. Thanks for coming on, talking Falcons, and good luck. And, and the first name, Brinson. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Whole package over here. Thank you guys so much. Yes. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Let's go! It's the most all star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.